0: Hey guys, I'm Brad Livingston, lead pastor here at Transformation Church. I wanna thank you for tuning in to our sermon today. At TC, we exist to see people transformed from who they are to who God wants them to be. So no matter where you are on your faith journey, I hope today's message inspires you to take one step closer to Christ. Good morning, TC. Let's give it up for Jesus one more time across this place. Give it up for everybody that got baptized today. Come on, as a family, let's cheer for them. Man, what a day, what a day. We are so excited about what God is doing and uh welcome to another portion of the Sushi Sex and Subtitle series. As we were getting ready for today, um man, I I I uh I I pleaded for and I asked a, a special guest to join me today. And so after asking and asking and asking, I finally got a yes. And so I want you to do me a favor and I want you to give it up for the beautiful, gorgeous, amazing, absolute like just best person I know, give it up for my wife, Ashley Livingston, she's coming out. (laughs) She's the best, and so uh, man, we are, we're excited you guys are here. You know, we've spent uh, about five weeks so far talking about marriage, relationships, and uh, and so today, I actually wanted you guys to be able to get and hear from my wife a little bit, because uh, you kind of heard my version of every story. So uh, she, I wanted you to hear a little bit from her today. And so, as we are unpacking just relationships in general, because how many guys know marriage takes work? Come on, I said, how many guys know marriage takes work? Right? And so, uh, and I, I know for us, early on in our marriage, <laughs> we, we had gotten married. And so, Ashley had this idea uh because she said I want to go to this haunted ship on Halloween so it's one of those like it's like an old battleship or something and you walk through and there's a, like people that jump out and scare you for no reason um and I don't do clowns for the record I don't do clowns all right I got stories of anyway so I don't do clowns um and so she was like let's go to this ship and we'll walk through it and it'll be great and I'm like that sounds terrible um And so uh, we go, we stand in line for, like, three hours to get into this, like, haunted thing or whatever. And so the second we walk through the door, she buries her head in my back and eagle talons my rib cage. And we walk through the entire thing just like that. And I was like, you didn't experience any of this. (laughs) I experienced the whole thing. She's just following me around, like, grips in. I think I have, like, scars to prove it over here. But, uh, so, yeah, she walked through the whole thing.
1: And I, I left halfway through. Oh,
0: that's, oh, yeah. yeah, actually, she didn't walk through the whole thing. We waited in line for three hours, and then they gave her the option to, like, not finish. They're like, if, you, if you're just too scared and you want to leave early, this is your exit. And she's like, I'm out. And I'm like, we just paid this money and waited in this line. And so she dipped out. Um, I might have, too. Anyway, that doesn't matter. The The whole point is... Uh, in marriage, how many guys know just marriage takes work, right? And, and, uh, and for us, we sat down and, and we said, man, what are, what are just seven things? And that's what we want to talk to you about a little bit today. We're going to talk to you. We're going to, you know, work through the word of God and all those things. But just seven things. What are, what are seven things that in the Bible... Uh, or in marriage we have, and, and then there are certain moments we're going to point out just what the Bible says about those types of things, but that I just feel like that would help you guys, and so we sat down and kind of talked through them, and, and we want to give those to you, and the very first one, uh, and these are, these are practical Things, not spiritual things for the record. So God is first in our marriage. And so um, we almost kinda like I almost forgot I didn't put it on the list because I was like, everyone will know that. And I was like, well, let me say it anyway. So God is first in our marriage. These are practical things in our marriage that I hope will help you. And the very first one, honestly, it's what we built our marriage on, it's laughter. Like we laugh together. More, I can't explain to you how much we laughed with each other. We, we're totally the couple that sits on the same couch sending reels and TikToks back and forth to each other and laughing at those. Like, we definitely do that. We, we laugh constantly. Um, and she's, honestly, she's one of the, I, 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 I put it in our vow renewal recently. I said, making you laugh is one of the greatest treasures of my life. Um, cause I love to, I love to make her laugh. I know that's something that I do for her. Um, in Proverbs 17, 22, man, it says a joyful heart is good medicine, right? Laughter is good like medicine. In other words, like it'll change the room. It'll change the dynamic, right? But a crushed spirit dries up the bones. How many guys know life is already trying to take stuff from us, right? And so like life is doing enough to us. We need to have something that's speaking life into us. And laughter is one of the ways, um, that we do that. And that's huge for her, I know.
1: Yeah, I was trying to think of just one thing that is an example of how much we laugh together. So one thing that we love to do is binge watch TV shows. So we love The Office and New Girl. Uh, (laughs) So if you know The New Girl... um, the main character, Nick Miller. So what we like to do is in our friends, we like to relate them to the characters on the TV and be like that. So Nick Miller is Eli Fitch, 100%. If you know Eli, that is him. So we like to, um, you know, laugh about things like that. Like, oh, that's totally something Eli would do. Or I just heard him say that same exact line. Um, so we, we love watching Watching
0: shows. Yeah, I know. uh, That one particular show, we feel like they followed Charity Billbrook for a year with a camera and then just made a show after her. And so we talk, things will happen on the show, and we'll just bust out laughing. We're like, that's totally her. Uh, One of the things Ashley loves to do at very inopportune times. So, anyone seen the movie Dumb and Dumber? If you haven't, you need to meet Jesus and watch the movie. Okay, so I know it's okay. No, but it, it, it's a great, it's, it's a hilarious movie, but the the diner scene where he throws the salt shaker, um, so I can act out that entire scene word for word, okay, uh, I'm not going to do it now, but I can, uh, and so she'll randomly be like, do the diner scene, and I'm like, we're at, like, awake right now, or whatever, like, I'm, just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm kidding, but no, she'll, she'll just be like, you do it, show them, and it's like, I can't just turn that, that's got to be spontaneous, you know, I can't can't just be funny like that. But uh, but we just love to laugh uh, with each other. And making her laugh is, like I said, one of my favorite things.
1: Do the diner scene. No. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Spilling the salt is very bad luck. Anyway, so,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, so there's a great poet by the name of Jay Leno <laughs> who says, you can't stay mad at someone who makes you laugh. And Brad makes me mad a lot. So... So we laugh a lot. So
0: Yeah, that's true. That's true. And so uh, laughing is just a huge part of our And I feel like a lot of marriages would do what you, like, if you just put this one thing in your home, you'd be shocked how much better your marriage could be. Like, just like, laugh together. Have fun together. Like, that. that's, it's so important. And so I want to encourage you guys, I mean, find things that you enjoy that you can laugh at. You know what I mean? Half the stuff we send to each other is borderline inappropriate, but we laugh at it. So, listen, it's sushi, sex, and subtitles. And so, like, <laughs> no it 's like it' it 's something we laugh, and we enjoy like we enjoy our time together. And I just think that 's so important for married couples is that we can do that together and connect uh, and just laugh, just laugh, have a good time right. The next thing that uh, we want to give you guys that uh, we 've we 've learned over our marriage and, and definitely learned from our parents too is communication and we 've talked about communication in in other weeks. Um, But just putting it in front of you guys again, how important communication is. And the reason I I say this is, and and I know all the married couples in here will agree with this, is it's not important that you talk once. You're going to revisit that again in six months. Right? So it's like, hey, we've talked about this. And I think one of the things in marriage is we think because we talked about it once, we shouldn't have to talk about it again false right like um, and I, I find it so funny one of my boys Robbie he brought some up uh, recently I talked about how men you're gonna have to learn to love the woman that your wife is becoming because our wives are always changing. Right, and uh, and as I was talking to him, he pointed. He made a good point, and I said, "He said, yeah, we have to learn to love who our wives are becoming because they're always changing.' And wives have to learn to love their husbands despite the fact that they'll never change them." (laughs) And I thought that's genius right there because we're not we're the same dude. Y'all thought you were going to change us? You won't. No, we're the we're exactly the same. And so that's so key. Communication is such an important component uh, in relationships because we're constantly going to have to talk about these things over and over again, and life is constantly distracting us. So coming and talking is so big you know
1: yeah in our marriage we've been through a lot of um, a lot of things that most young couples don't go through so one thing that we really had to learn about communication was when our son Jabin was sick um, he had a lot of machines he, he slept out in the living room on his bed um, so he had a lot of machines his um, feeding tube the oxygen machine so it was just better to be out there so I slept out in the living room for Probably three years while, you know, Brad was in the bedroom. And, you know, during that time we had to have a lot of conversations about how we, you know, um, to keep our, our relationship still going, keep our communication going. So, you know, when you have that distance, you can start to drift. So we needed to make sure that that wasn't happening to us and that we kept each other, um, you know, in the front and, our, and that we were still number one and we were going to build on our relationship and keep it, keep it going.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think even in that, how because uh, for you, you may not have a child that falls into that category like we did, but it's just as easy to let your job become the thing that distracts you or let you know your career or your degrees or just any of those things. And so, yeah, for us, th- that communication um, was key. You know, and so just prioritizing that and making sure that we're, we're talking um, and keeping those lanes open. Like, like she said, a lot of it wasn't, you know, I think a lot of times when we talk about communication, we think of it from the standpoint of um, let's talk about the things that are going wrong or let's deal with issues. And that's definitely part of it. But I think a lot of it is just just keeping the lane open. You know, let's just sit down and talk about even if it's nothing, you know, even if it's just something simple, um, even if it's just a simple need. It's keeping that channel open um, because otherwise when things do show up, if the channel's already closed, it takes even more work to kick that door open, you know. And so we always want to communicate and make sure we're talking. We're on the same same wavelength. So,
1: yeah. And another thing when, you know, during that time when we were in the thick of it um, was right when Pastor Dan wanted Brad to take over the church. And I was not ready for that. I was like, no, we're like five years down the road. I still need more time. Um, So we just had to find that communication with each other that, like, we're going through this. And I need to know that the church isn't going to um, propel you forward even more in more things to where our communication diminishes even more. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and even, like, just about that story, you know, one of the things that was real special, we sat down, myself, Ashley, um, Pastor Dan, and my mom, we all sat down, and he said, I think it's time that you take over the church, and and in that moment, you know, Ashley had one thing to say about that, and she said, I will not be comfortable with that until we find an executive pastor, because she knew me. She knew I'd work 100 hours a week, because to me, this isn't work. Pastoring this church is what I do it's my passion I love doing this so it's not anything to me to be to work 100 hours a week but she knew that if I did that it would put a wall between me and her she's my priority right I love God and I serve God first my wife second and the church is down on the list and so um and so we literally she said all right well we agreed we need to pray that God's going to send the right person to be for me what I was for my dad when he was the pastor um and so we started praying, and literally six weeks, almost to the day, uh, Pastor Justin. I sat down with him for, at breakfast, and he's like, "I think I'm leaving where I'm at, and uh, I'm going to go find a new church." And I was like, "Well, then, brother, let me talk to you about an idea I have." You know, so uh, that was like a total, total God moment right there. And Just, Pastor Justin's killed it here at TC. Yeah. And so, but, but, I, but I wanted to say this: you know, a husband and a wife communicated and prayed, and God moved. And I think amazing things could happen if we would communicate with each other, bring it before the Lord, and watch God do amazing things. I think we, you know, a lot of times we're really good at complaining about things, but are we really putting them before the one that can do something about them? Uh, And so, you know, prayer is the difference between the best you can do and the best God can do. And so, man, we need to put it in in his hands. And so communication was really, really key for us in that season, you know. Um, And then the next thing for us in our marriage that we've worked on diligently is affirmation. You know, affirmation, uh, because uh, there are constantly going to be ways that I need to build my wife up. And I need my wife to build me up. You know, one of the things we never do, I'm going to say never, and I want you guys to say never, never. One of the things we never do is tear each other down. Could you imagine God gave me a queen and I'm turning her into a beggar with my words? And so uh, we never tear each other down. We'll make fun of each other a lot. But we know, like, but I'll never seriously tear my wife down. She's my queen. I honor her uh, because God has given me a gift in her. And so I constantly build her up. But I I speak life into her. 1 Thessalonians 5.11, therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. And so if we're supposed to do this, for, for the record, First Thessalonians, we're supposed to do that with brothers and sisters in Christ. How much more should we do that with our spouse, right? And so as we deal with our spouses, constantly building each other up and letting them know how, how important they are, you know.
1: Yeah. And we started dating in high school. So um,
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: a long time ago.
0: Not that long ago. <laughs> um,
1: so the, a way that... Uh, Brad has really learned how to affirm me is when we were dating he had a lot of influential pastors in his life telling him that um, when you find a wife this is why we were dating that when you when you find a wife you're gonna have to find a worship leader someone who's gonna be on stage with you someone who's gonna preach um, someone who's gonna be in the spotlight and if y'all know me that I am none of those things Um, I am a behind the scenes kind of girl I like to um, help out behind the scenes, but. Actually, Brad broke up with me because of that, because they had really gotten into his head <laughs> that uh, he was a stupid boy back then. <laughs> 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 <He> had, <laughs> young, young boy. Uh, they had really gotten into his head that that's what he was supposed to have. Um, so then finally he came to his senses, and we started dating again. <laughs> and he's really... Um, Affirmed me because that really affected me for many years in our marriage that, like, I'm not the typical pastor's wife. I'm not going to be on stage um, leading worship or anything like that. And seeing all of his other pastor friends and their wives, that's what they were doing. Um, So it really set in a lot of deep-rooted insecurities in me. And and he's, um, through the years, just, like, reaffirmed me that, like, God has given him me because he knew the things that he would need as a wife. And those are the things that I bring to the table, um, not the typical pastor's wife things.
0: Yeah, and that's what I, one of the things I constantly speak over her is that God, like, like she just said, God knew what I needed in a wife and he sent me you. If he thought I needed something else, he would have sent me someone else, but he put us together because this is what I need. I, I don't need a wife that sings. I need a wife that prays. Okay. I don't like, I don't need, I don't need a wife that stands in the spotlight. I need a wife that knows how to get before the Lord and, and pray for her husband and support her husband, you know? And so um, he knew what I needed. He gave me you. And so I constantly am trying to affirm her. You don't need a different gift set. You've got what you need. And so let's let God use that. And lo and behold, every small group she leads is the highest attended small group in the entire church. And so I'm like, so, Hey, just for the record, you got it. Okay. So, but, but she's so gifted in that. And so there's a affirmation, but I think that one leads to the next one and that's affection. You know, I think if you affirm, well, you can experience affection well. And if you don't affirm, well, it is really easy to put a wall of in between your affection, how you love one another, how you care for one another, you know, um, I am not i uh, I'm not a physical, interesting, I'm not a physical touch person, but physical touch is one of my love languages. I don't know. Maybe I broke the book. I don't know what it is, but so, and when I, when we're walking around and stuff, I'm not the hand holder kind of person part of it's because she's five two and I'm six two and that just gets weird so um, but so we're, we're not we're not always holding hands so you know I, I always say like physical touch as a love language is more like inside the walls and not outside the walls type of thing but uh, so but as we've as we've done that I think that I've had to learn how to show her affection like in the world at holding her hands and some of those things, uh, particularly because, like, we're the married couple. I don't think every married couple is this way. It's not real life that you, like, cuddle all night and stuff. We're the, we kiss each other, roll over on the opposite side of the bed, and go to sleep. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, if you're single, that cuddle all night thing is not real life, okay? That ain't real. No one does that. Your arm goes numb in five minutes, all right? That's it. We're not doing it. So... So the reality is that's not real life. Uh, and so, so I had to learn uh, how to, like, just in life show affection. And I will say this, too, especially for me, like, so as the church has grown, the, my platform has grown. And I don't mean that on me as much as I mean to say, like, more people see me in public, they know who I am. And one of the things that's always mattered to me is I never wanted her to feel like she wasn't seen because I'm seen so much. And so one of the things I've made it a point to do is when we're in public is I hold her hand because if someone sees me, I'm going to make sure they see her. Because you don't see me without seeing my wife. We're together, right? And so um, that's one of the ways that I've aimed to show her, uh, show affection to her. First John 3.18, it says, man, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. And so, man, we need to show our spouses that we love each other. And I think that that's just really, really important. So, um, and then even one of the ways that I care for Ashley um, in that is that we also give each other safety. The next one is safety. And so safety for me is a big deal. Um, so there's different ways you can look at safety. I think it's like protection, security, safety all three of those kind of correlate and the reason this is important is because what men need as far as safety and what women need as far as safety are different so I provide literal physical safety for my wife right like if you want the smoke you can get it if you're trying to so like I um you know so for her we constantly like she knows like if we go to a restaurant don't even bother trying to put my back towards the door because I protect you and me. and Like, everywhere we go, I'm the protector. I'm going to keep you safe. You know, like, she she's more than capable of handling some things on her own. But if I'm there, I'm the one. Right? And that's so important that she knows that she's got uh, security. Even when I leave town. Like, when I travel, right, we'll go through the house. And I make sure that she can point out every problem solver in the house. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Right, and so I make sure she knows how to use the problem solver, load the problem solver. Okay, so I, we have a three-step rule in our house. If you can't get to a problem solver in three steps, buy another problem solver. All right, so, so we, uh, but I make, I make sure we walk through the house, and, and I make sure that she, but why? Even in my absence, I want her to know that her security is a priority for me, right? And so that's super, super important. Um, but for her, you know, men need a different kind of safety. I don't need to be physically secure from my wife, but I do need emotional security from my wife. Because we live in a world where men are supposed to be the strong ones everywhere. But listen to me, men, you have to have somewhere you can be weak. And a wife holds the space for her husband to be vulnerable and weak in certain moments And ladies, it's so important that you create a space that your husband can be weak. Because if he can't be weak with you, he can't be weak. When I say weak, I mean emotionally, like processing, even partially unstable in their remote crying. Like that type of, those typical signs of weakness, which I don't even think that's a good representation for the word. But nonetheless, you have to create emotional security for your husband. Because if you don't, one of two things is going to happen. Either one, he eventually cracks and breaks down. Or two, someone else creates it for him and they just experience a level of vulnerability you and your spouse don't have and you don't want that in your marriage. So it's so important that we experience those things.
1: Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, as wives, we want that physical security and it's harder for us to know how to provide the emotional security when we're the ones who are always vulnerable, emotional, um, and how to let our husband's, Lean on us for those things.
0: Yeah, and I would say if this is helpful, just like a practical thing with this for wives is just hold the space. Like, you don't have to, we really don't even need input necessarily. We just need to know that you're in, that the, the atmosphere that we're in with you is a place we can be vulnerable. And we don't really even need it to be fixed. We just need space, right? And that you can coexist in that space with us. That's huge. The next one is prioritization. Prioritization, for some of you, the (laughs) P-R-I, so prioritization. And and when when we do a prioritization, it's really simple. It's God first, and it's my spouse second. That's it. God is first. My spouse is second. And if you have kids, listen to me, your kids are third, not second. Your kids don't come before your spouse. Your kids come after your spouse. And this is important because if you let your kids come before your spouse, you will raise kids that don't respect your spouse. And so your, your kids need to see in your marriage what they're supposed to have in their marriage. You don't, rep- you don't reproduce what you hope you are. You reproduce what you actually are. And so your kids are going to become the very version. They're going to have the type of marriage they see in you. So they need to see you prioritize each other. They need to see you going on date nights without them. Because if you go on date nights with them, it's not a date night. It's a family night. Okay? So they need to see those things. They need to know uh, that you're a priority. So,
1: Yeah, one way this really showed up um, in our marriage was when there was a season Brad was teaching Pipeline on Monday nights and Tuesday nights, not coming home till 10 o'clock at night, um, leading small groups up here on Thursdays for worship team, and it just got to a point where like that communication was kind of felt like we were on different pages, um, and we had to have those talks of like, hey, I feel like I'm I'm kind of falling on the list. I need to know that that I'm still number one on the list, and and having those talks and those communications.
0: Yeah, that's key. And so we have to prioritize one another, and uh, and, and I've given her permission permission to speak to me as candidly as she wants to to say, hey, I feel like I'm not where I should be on your list. And when she does that, here's the deal. I don't get to go, well, you know. It's like, no, 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 no. Because when I do that, I minimize her feelings. And it's like, if she tells me that's how she feels, that's how she feels. It's my job as a husband to listen and then honor that and then respect it and change something about me, not demand. She just feel differently, right? And so we have to do that. And then the last one, number seven, we'll give to you is grace. It's grace. And you need grace because you're going to fail at the first six a lot. Come on, right? Like we like this is our list, we fail at it. Last night we were sitting here going we were sitting at the table going over the list uh and she's like I have stories but I don't want you to look bad. I'm like this is real life, baby. Like you know like you know like, if there's a situation where I haven't done this because like man seriously It's really easy to picture like the perfect marriage up here between two of us. We don't have that. We just have one we work hard at, you know. And it's like, so we we have to give each other a lot of grace. And in marriage, you're going to need a lot of grace, and you're going to need to give a lot of grace. You're going to need that person to go, you know what? Like, I don't feel like a priority, but I'm going to give you grace. We're going to talk about it, but I'm going to give you grace. Why? Because we're constantly coming back to those things. You know, my wife is my treasure. She's my queen. Like she she for me uh is a gift that God gave me. And I don't want to diminish that gift. You know, Proverbs 18:22 says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Good thing. Right? And he says and he obtains favor from the Lord. And I love my good thing. That's my wife. Thanks.
1: Yeah, and and Ladies, sometimes if we're not careful, we can turn a good thing into a bad thing real quick.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I think that that's so true. Like, we, you know, it's up to you. I think for wives, he, when we find a wife, we find a good thing. But how you make that marriage, wives can dictate if it's a good thing or a bad thing.
1: Yeah, yeah in Proverbs twenty five twenty four, it says, It is better to live in a corner of the housetop than a house shared with a quarrelsome wife.
0: Say law, yeah. So, uh, don't <laughs> so,
1: even.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, so that's like the, our seven things as a married couple, and and if you're in the room and you're single, you know one of the things we want to do is we just want to give you a few things as well um, that you can be thinking about because I know and we know a lot of you aren't married yet. You know, maybe maybe you're looking for the right person or whatever. And so we just we wanted to give you a few things. Even if you are married, these apply to you. And if you're not married, the other seven still apply to you, right? But we want to give you these things. And so let me just give these to you quickly. The first thing I want you to understand if you're pursuing marriage or you're wanting marriage for you is that the altar is the starting point, not the destination. For a lot of people, they think if I could just get married, then everything will be fine. If I could just be married, all my problems will be solved. Not even close. All right, the altar is where you bring Jesus to unite with somebody else and the three of you now start a journey together. That's not the end, it's the beginning, right? And so the altar, the wedding, that's where you start something great. And so um, just making sure that you understand that. The next thing I want you to understand is that the person that you're working on is more important than the person you're waiting on. The person that you're working on, which is you, right, is more important than the person you're waiting on. And I think for so many people, we fail to realize that, you know, we're we're saying, God, I really, you know, some ladies, I really want a husband or some lady, uh, some men are saying, God, I I really want a wife. But the reality is, are you becoming the godly woman that's going to be ready for that godly man when he gets there? Right, God, send send me a godly man for my life. So, ladies are saying, God, send me a godly man uh, in my wife or in my life. And the thing is, is if He were to send that to you, are you becoming the godly woman that that man is going to be looking for? And vice versa for men, you're saying, God, I just need a godly wife. I I, I need I need a woman that's going to be praying for me and all these other things. It's like, are you is your character even ready for that woman? Are you going to destroy her when she gets there? And who you're working on is more important than who you're waiting on. And so you need to be becoming that person. The next thing, I always think this is interesting, is that marriage won't minimize your issues. It will maximize your secrets. And I think for so, like, even like, so I think this is one that I just think, you know, a lot of men deal with. Like, even take, like, pornography, for example. Like, they think, like, if I could just get married, then I can have sex whenever I want. I want y'all to be well aware, I have not changed my face since I said that. So I, all the hoopla going on right now ain't coming from right here. It's out there. All right. So, no, we, like, we think that that's going to be a thing. Here's it, but in all honesty, and I think a lot of men, you would agree with this, right? Is that you think, oh, if I could just get married, it solves that issue. It doesn't solve that issue. That's still an issue. Now you just have one more person you're hiding it from. Right? And so it doesn't minimize your issues. It maximizes your secrets. If you still got that bitterness, if you still got that unforgiveness, if you still got the, listen, marriage don't get rid of that. It just maximizes the secrets you're keeping from other people. Right? And so we're just adding one more person in the mix. And then the last thing I'll give to you on that list is that the person you are married to can't be the person you're fighting with. They have to be the person you're fighting for. They're not the person you're fighting with. They have to be the person you're fighting for. Me and, I don't fight with my wife. I fight for my wife. Do we have issues? Absolutely. Do we have to deal with things? You bet we do. But we fight for each other.
1: Yeah, we had to learn um, that when when we encounter issues, it's not me against Brad. It's us against the issue together. We're teammates. He's my best friend. So why wouldn't I want that person right next to me against that issue rather than, putting that wall between us and letting it build up and just creating even more issues.
0: Yeah, that's so good. And so, so as we look at that and we're wrapping up today, you know, we were at Ephesians 5, 21, when it talks about marriage, it says submit to one another out of reverence for Christ, right? Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And so we want to, we, we have no problem with that. But then when we get to verses 23 through, through 24, it expounds on that a little bit, and this is where sometimes we can run into some things. And it says, wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. Men, that was your chance. I didn't hear nothing, so we're going <laughs> to so y'all, like, I ain't saying that. I'm not saying anything. Yeah, no, a, this is not my time to shine. Okay, so as you do to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church his body, of which he is a savior. Now as a church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to husbands in everything that they do. Now I think that sometimes we read that passage and and it makes us feel some kind of way because first of all, the idea of submission isn't one that we love. But the second thing is that that's just kind of hard to read. And so we wanted to kind of give you a tangible example of what that looked like. And so Ash is going to help me a little bit here. But we're going to take this little rope and I'm going to show you kind of uh, in my mind what this looks like okay very good so i remember watching this video of uh, a mountain climber and he was talking about he was he was about to set the record for the most like the highest ascents throughout the world right he had climbed and set all these records and they said who is who is like who who do you want to thank first you know is it god is it your spouse is it whoever and the very first person he thanked was his guide. He said if it wasn't for my guide, I I wouldn't have known where I was going. I had it in me to get there, but I didn't know the ch- the path that I was going to be taking. And he was talking about how the person that was leading him was so important. And husbands as we lead our wives, this is this is our role is that we lead. And so as I'm leading, if I'm leading properly, Ashley just has this confidence that she can follow me, right? And so I'm moving. And so as I'm moving, she has a confidence that she can go with me. And so I'm moving, she's following, I'm moving, she's following. And this is the way we should do this, I think. Okay, so this is the way we should do this. Now, the problem that we run into, though, men, is I feel like this happens a lot where our wife is trying to follow. But because I'm so spastic, I'm over here, and then I'm over here, and I'm like, oh, snap, look at this over here. And then my anger issue is over here, and I'm tapping into that on a Monday, and then my inconsistency over here on a Tuesday. And I'm, I'm super emotional, and I'm chasing after this pipe dream. I'm spending money we haven't talked about, and here I am. I'm all over the place, right? And what what kind of posture is she in right now? Is this submissive or defensive? And I think for many of us, we look back and we go, you need to submit. But she's in a defensive posture, not a submissive posture. But is it her fault or my fault that she's like that? You see, we underestimate how our actions impact our spouse, but then we turn around and demand biblical accountability out of them. So we have to change it where if your spouse is just braced for the next rash thing you're going to do, that's your thing you need to fix, not theirs, right? But at the same time, if I'm trying to lead, and Ashley's just back there fought, doing whatever she's doing, holy world. So she's, she's back there, and she's chasing everything, and she's all over the place, and then she's yank, yanking on me, right? <laughs> uh, as a husband, it's really hard to lead, listen, ladies, if you're all over the place, because you could be yanking us backwards as well. It takes submission to the Lord as a husband that can set the tone of responsibility, accountability, listen, and be trustworthy for your spouse. And then, ladies, it takes you being respectful and following. That word submission has a lot more to do with respect and a willingness to follow than it does a hierarchy. God speaks to the husband and the husband leads the wife We're just talking about us. Could you imagine if we added kids into this mix? If I'm everywhere and she's everywhere, guess where those kids are going to be? Everywhere. They're going to be running all over the place. Then we look at the kids and go, how did they get this way? We know how they got this way, right? You don't reproduce who you hope you are. You reproduce who you actually are right and so in our homes it's so important that we make sure we get things in order but we want to set the tone for what it's supposed to look like my wife is a treasure she's a gift from the lord as a husband it's my job to lead her wives honor your husbands and follow him in a way that makes it easier to lead and i promise you you'll see some of those things connect in jesus name amen give it for my wife ashley You know, as I look at uh, the Word of God, and as I look at not just our marriages, but I also look at how we're supposed to interact with people we work with, how we're supposed to interact with our kids, if you have kids, for for men and their husbands, but men also interacting with other men in small groups or people that you may go to school with, and same for ladies, how you may lead your children, if you have children, but if you don't, also how you lead other women that you hang out with. This one phrase comes to mind, I think it's so important, and Paul used it, that we would be able to encourage other people to say, follow me as I follow Christ. Husbands, you need to be able to look at your wives and say, follow me as I follow Christ. And they should have a confidence that they can do that. Ladies, you should be able to look at your children and say, follow me as I follow Christ and your father. But we can only do that if we're leading properly. Even if you're not married, to be able to tell people that you work with, show the world that they can follow you as you follow Christ. It's such an important step because the world needs to see Jesus as much as they hear Jesus. So let our actions show that we're someone that can be followed, whether it's in our marriage, in our homes, at our schools, in our workplaces, or any other sphere of influence you have so that we show the world who God is. Amen. Let me pray for you today. Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that God, you've called us in a way that our homes, our marriages, our relationships in general can represent you. So God, I pray that you speak to our hearts, that we become people that others can follow to get closer to you. Prompt our hearts to say yes to that as we aim to see your glory touch every aspect of our lives. We thank you for it. I pray for every marriage in here that you strengthen it. You create pillars that it can stand on, both spiritual ones and tangible ones like laughter, communication, affection. God, let those things be in our relationships. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, if you're here today, you say, Brad, I I want those things, but if I were to be honest, I don't think Jesus is the Lord of my life, but he needs to be. I know my sin has separated me from God, but today I'm ready to come to him, put my faith in him that when he died on the cross, he paid for my sins, and today I want to be saved. If that's you, then I want to invite you to pray this prayer with me. And the whole church will pray with you so you're not praying by yourself. And this prayer doesn't make you saved. This prayer is confessing with your words what you're believing in your heart, that you're putting your faith in Jesus. And that faith by grace is what makes you saved. So let's pray this prayer together. Say, dear Jesus, forgive me. Forgive me my sins. Forgive me my wrongs. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose again. So I give you my life. Make me brand new, give me a fresh start and I'll follow you forever. In Jesus name, amen, amen. TC, let's get it for all those that prayed that perhaps for the first time we celebrate with you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you so much for listening today. To make sure you never miss a message, be sure to subscribe to our channel. It would also mean so much to us if you would leave us a review. If you want to connect with us on Instagram or Facebook, just search at Transformation Pensacola. More information about our church or to contact us, feel free to go to mytc.life. mytc.life is also where you can partner with us financially, and we would love it if you would consider doing just that, as your financial support is a key factor in helping our content channels grow. So I want to invite you to join us next time for another message from one of our pastors as we see people transform from who they are to who God wants them to be. I pray you have a blessed day.